I'm Dan Panoshin, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Boy, was that powerful. That was like a javelin through the heart. Was it, though? Yes. Are you, are you okay, my man? What do you mean? You just got a javelin through your heart. I didn't, I'm, I'm fine. I named it you. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, I am. Okay. So it goes after the handsome one first, not the tallest. Ooh, whoa, whoa, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> new leaf, new year. oh my goodness hey everybody it's 11 o'clock comics episode 892 and i'm vince you are vince b eight away 900 i am david a price it's true and i hate you all because i'm not you i'm fi long (laughs) you're not fi long no way. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Back to business. Our past two episodes have been our annual 11 o'clockers, where we've rounded up all our favorite stuff from the previous year. Now we forge ahead. We're going to experience mm-hmm. and talk about new stuff that you may hear in a year's time on the next 11 o'clockers, right? Depends but, when it came out. Did it come out this year or did it come well, out last year? We do follow rules. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, we're also going to um, enjoy filling your ear holes with the comic stuff. That's why we're here. But before we do, we want to tell you where we get this stuff. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. One more time. Cheapgraphicnovels.com. Hosanna, the Romnibus, Volume 1, has shipped. Uh-huh. It will be at my house shortly. And why did Same I get it? Why did I get it from cheapgraphicnovels.com? Because... One, it was the lowest price around. Two, they have earned my trust. I know that I'm going to get it when I order it. I mean, if I pre-order it, I know I'm going to get it. Plus, the packaging, the packing materials is ridiculous. A nuclear bomb can go off and that book would come into my house unscathed. Omnibus edition, trade paperback, manga, OGNs, Cheap Traffic Novels has it all and all of the prices you want to pay. So just go there. CheapGraphicNovels.com. Remember, email, receive it, reply to the email. 11 o'clock comics sent us. You will get free shipping on your second order. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Is that your cat with the bell? Is that what I'm hearing? It is. You know what? I'm such a freaking hypocrite. Way back in the day, I was like, Dap, can you not get the cat out of the room? Like, is it that? Does it take that much to get the cat out of the room? Actually, it does take that much to get the cat out of the room. She just likes to, oh, she's gone. She just likes to be around. Who doesn't want to be around you? I know, right? Um, I have beverages. Three 16 ounce beverages. 16.8% alcohol by volume. What? Yeah. No, 6.8. Did I say 16? Yeah, no. 16 would be butter. Um, This is brewed by the Half Acre Beer Company from Chicago, Illinois. It is called Tend. It's a winter India pale ale. It's delicious, and I have three of them. Three 16-ounce cans. Oh, Lord. Yep, yep, yep. Nice. Well, I have just one of, of this beautiful beverage from bowl and basket specialty it is 
Mandarin orange sparkling water. Did you say bowl and basket? Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it's a, a new brand to me. New to me, but uh, yes. I got some alliteration going on because I am enjoying some Bardstown bourbon. Oof. A lot of bees. Killing bees, bees baby. I love on the bees. Swamp. Yeah. Yes. All right. Relaxed. Right? Laid back. We're just going to talk about comics. We don't have to cover a certain amount of things in a certain amount of time. We're just going to kick back and talk about the book. And what are we going to talk about? Well, I told you guys off off air this week how busy I was and I hadn't had a chance to read much. But that was a little bit of a white lie because I wanted to throw it. I wanted to spring it on you both right here because because it could be a, it could be a gobsmacking moment. Could hold be. On, I gotta, I gotta get my hold on. Oh my I gotta God. get this here computer. I'll relax, Jesus. <laughs> I okay, so. I woke up the other day and I thought, well, I haven't read any of these books in a minute and uh, they're piling up here. So maybe I'll just check in with it and see what's what. And what I was talking about is uh, all of the, the Marvel Mutant books. As you know, I have been avoiding them since the Hellfire Gala special. And Vince has probably talked about 18 of them since then. <laughs> More than usual, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I covered an inordinate amount of X books last year. Yes. For me, so anyway. yeah. So I pulled up on the interwebs the reading list, the Fall of X reading list, and my goodness, are they putting Fall of X on a lot of books? <laughs> it is. It is there. I, there will be, by my count, at least a hundred issues that have the Fall of X tie-in yeah. uh, brand by the time this is all over. But it's, I thought, it's well, even on Iron Man. Well, I was just going to say. So I thought, okay. well, okay. Uh, let me just look at this list, and you know what? I'm gonna read the books chronologically. And to your point, the Invincible Iron Man is uh, is a big part of all this. And uh, I actually ended up reading. Makes sense. I, yeah, yeah, sort of, sort of. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ended up reading. Uh, let's see, one, two, uh, twenty seven books related to the Fall of the X this past week. Um, including the Invincible Iron Man uh, 8-9, X-Force 43, X-Men 25, Uncanny Avengers number one, Children of the Vault number one, which I had read because we talked about it at the time, uh, Immortal X-Men number 14, Dark X-Men number one, Marvel Voices X-Men number one, Astonishing Iceman number one, Alpha Flight number one, Realm of X number one, X-Men Red 14 and 15, Jean Grey number one, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Weapons of Vengeance, Alpha, Vince, Ghost Rider 17, Wolverine 36, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Weapons of Vengeance, Omega, Vince, mm-hmm. Deadpool 10, Miss Marvel, The New Mutant number 1, X-Men 26, and Immortal X-Men number 15. Oh, and Invincible Iron Man number 10. It's a lot of books, and I'm not even, like, halfway there. I got, like, another more. Oh, God, I got more than that. I got, like, I got, like I'm, like, a quarter of the way through. It's a lot of heavy lifting, yeah. A lot of heavy lifting. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of what you would expect. Some of these things are totally forgettable. Some are really good. And um, and so it was, I got to say, it was nice because it's been probably five, six months 
which is one of the longest periods. If, if you take away the college years, it's one of the longest periods I've ever gone without reading X books. So, I mean, I'm back. I don't, you know, we'll see how ha- like how happily back I am. But I must say that time heals all wounds. And as much as I stick to my absolute distaste for the convention of Hellfire Gala special and where we are now, I have to say once now that we're here, some of these books are pretty good. They're doing some good things. But here's the kicker, Vince. Okay. Because I love you. Of all of those books that I've read so far, I think the most entertaining was the four issue Ghost Rider Wolverine crossover. My man. Yep. And it's not even directly related. I mean, it's in the ballpark. Yeah. No. No, it's but, not. But see, the, the only premise is that Wolverine is still on Earth because right. he's yeah. at us who didn't leave. Yeah, that's really right. the only right. connection. Yeah. That's your first test. We'll see how you perform on your second. Wait. It'll it'll come. I'll tell you when it gets here. But just continue. No, I will say that. So Ben Percy and Jeff Shaw. I mean, you've talked about these books already, so I'm not going to rehash them. But I will say, it was really nice to have all those books in by by one creative voice voices. You know, one set. Um, Jeff Shaw's art, which you all know, I'm a big fan of. He was my he was my artist of the year two years ago for crossover. Um, you know, I, so that was great to see him doing doing those books. And as much as I bust on Johnny Blaze. In this kind of setting, it, it definitely like Shaw's Shaw's a perfect artist for that. And given the story, it was just on the verge of being too silly, but because of the aesthetic of the art and because of the mood, it didn't go off the board. Like, I mean, Helverine is you know, I mean, it's like right on the verge of being absurd, but. In them, I was like, okay, this works. I'm going with it. I'm just gonna go with it. It's a freaking hell. It's a, it's a demon possessed Wolverine. I'm with it. Okay, fine. Like let's let's go with it. And uh, especially because it looks so damn good. So yeah, I, re- I, jo- I enjoyed that for what it was. You know, you get in, you get out. Nice little mini series. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, so I'm with that. The Iron Man book was rough. It's rough, dude. And it's 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 Jerry Duggan and Juan Vergari. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with the creative team. I mean, Duggan's doing a lot of these X books, and I think Vergari's art looks nice. But I just don't care about Tony Stark. I just don't. I just do not care. And you know, to be fair to these books, it these these issues. I can't speak for for ones that came before, but these issues are pretty much. Dur- I mean, this is not one of those tie-in books that's just that's tangential i mean the wolverine was tangential this is this is epicenter i mean they are you know tony is deeply involved he's he's emma 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 is is pretending to be his assistant wearing a bad brown wig uh you know so and he and wilson fisk and emma are all aligned for various reasons in taking down the current state in orcas so it's it's very much like it, it, it is an x book right now so it definitely is fair um, so def- I think that's actually not one of the books if you're interested in this to, that you can that you can skip. But I will say it, it's, it's a bit Armor Wars too, in that yeah, or- Orcus is exploiting his Sentinel technology yeah. and yeah, he's trying to figure out how to take it down. And I will say that I remember the big gimmick of Tony and Emma getting married, and I don't know if we talked about this because I don't think I was reading this, but it's all a fagazi. Yeah. I assume just they had been starting to date, like in the comics. I was like, okay, whatever, they're dating. But no, it's 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 because she's his assistant. Fi Long walks in on them, and in the midst of them having this talk, and to not arouse suspicion, Tony just goes with it and acts like he's on his knee to, pr- to propose to her. And then they actually have to end up going through the whole thing because Fi Long's suspicious, so they actually do get married. But it's all for convenience to trap Fi Long and try and get information out of him. Um, 
So, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, like I said, I think these books vary, vary in degree of quality. Um, I, but I think that the core books, Red and Immortal, are still awesome, just as they were before all this. And, um, you know, generally speaking, like, I am a huge fan of the idea of having Kitty Pride not only return to being a ninja, but killing everything in her wake. Like, that is unexpected, and yes. I'm here for it. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and it's not just her. There's, like, there's another uh, one of the books that's got uh, uh, Psylocke and um, uh, who's the other person? Uh, the other person escapes me right now. But, but And they're going around killing everybody, too. So they're like, fuck it, we're just going to take And I was like, oh, I'm, like, I'm here for this. I'm here for the ex-killing squad. Like, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so Kitty's like, I mean, she's like literally killing everybody, like in creative ways. It's, it's, it's like she's just traveling the world Ronin style, killing as many of these Orcas people as she can find. And I just can't. I love it. I love that. Well, it is in continuity. Yeah. Because Kitty Pride and Wolverine, I mean, that miniseries, she learned a lot of valuable skills in that. Well, she actually in the first well in X, in the first issue of the X Men where she takes on the new moniker she she talks all about Ogan and how he taught her all these skills. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. So I'm 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 back. I think I'm back. Well, this is it. Does my heart good to hear this? Yes, it really does. Um, you you haven't mentioned uh, Wolverine and or X Force with the current uh, developments with the Beast storyline, and I, I don't know if you didn't read them. Maybe you didn't. Yeah, well, I have to know because um, X Force Forty Three, which is one of the first issues of the Fall of X, is um, has nothing to do with all that. And then, um, and then X Force Forty Four, I still hasn't I haven't been read. It's next. It's uh, two books from from ne- it's uh, okay. two more books. So I haven't read any of it. I'm a little on the fence with the way I think they're trying to solve it. So right. yes, um, I won't say anything. I, I would like you to discover it fresh, but it's it's a time worn trope that I don't know if it's working yet or not. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, listen, got to throw a little shade. the 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 Iceman book is awful. It's just terrible. Uh, and the Jean Grey miniseries is not off to a good start. Not that I expected it to. And I didn't care for Dark X Men at all. So the minis are the, the minis are losing me. I and I'd already said on the show that I thought the first issue of Alpha Flight was rough. Uh, so yeah, I don't think the minis are doing it for me. But uh, but the core books, yeah, rock. They're 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 still solid. I'm, I'm letting my hater rate melt. Nice, new leaf indeed. Yep. There you go. Well, old leaf, right? Younger <laughs> leaf. Yeah. Me liking X books is. Like that's not new leaf. That's like returning to the old. It's like it's like uh, it's like uh, relapsing. Do more or less come back around. Yeah, yeah. More often than not, but sometimes we don't come back around. True. So, yeah, and and that's just a product of of um, age and experience. Like once you've seen all the stories played out. Uh, they start to cycle and pair again, and then it's just like, why bother? You know, they let the younger kids enjoy them. That's it exactly. Yeah. It, just because I mean, it, it took it. It's it's silly in hindsight that you know it, it's you have people who react so strongly. So a bunch of people come together and they form heat. And instead of just moving on with their lives, they have to get so upset, even though this could bring a whole bunch of new people 
into enjoying bringing them towards Green Lantern, even though the guy that everybody's mad about is no longer the main character in the book. It's like just, bro, you had your time, man. Like you've had decades of a story with this character. Like <laughs> it's okay for someone else to come. Why? Like gatekeeping, I just I I despise it anyway. But it's it's like, wouldn't you want more people in the club instead of like fewer people? So I it it boggles the mind. And, and obviously, now that you know you, these are all things you learn over time with age, with experience, and everything like that. You know, you're you're. Your teenager or something, you don't want to hear it, but it, it's just, it, it's true. You just, this too shall pass. You just got it. Just, just it. And it's just, it's just entertainment. It's not even, it, it is, there are so many things that you can devote all that energy to. It's just, just, just let people have their stories, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a thin line between love and possession. Yeah. It's uh, hard, true. right? Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love Commandy. I would be, I would have feel some kind of way if a new Commandy series came out and they just got it totally wrong. I, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be vocal about it. I just wouldn't buy it or read it. Well, that, but that but was there the are many. Action to Howard. Right, but there are exactly, but there are many people that do take it upon themselves to be vocal about it, and yeah. It, yeah. you have to understand it's not yours. You, mm-hmm. you you still have yours. It existed in the past. You enjoyed it. You love it, and that's great. This new thing is not the same thing. So. Just move on, brothers and sisters. It's okay. Let let the, the youngins have their books. Let the and good times the, roll, you know? Yeah. Yes, because the new people who are coming in and enjoying the books, they may end up creating stories that you'll either enjoy or that the next generation... It's like, I, I, yeah. just, I, I don't... I, I just don't. Why are you trying to just stop this from, from, from growing? Right. It's kind of like when Byrne, <sighs> Byrne took over Superman. There wasn't an internet... But I'll tell you, there was a lot of guys at the local shop. This is not Superman. What is this? <laughs> well, because number one, it's not boring. Uh, you know, and and it's 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 for a new generations of uh, generation of readers. And then now we became that generation of readers. And now Burn Superman is the old Superman. So I mean, right. it, it happens. It happens. I have something. I know you do. I have a diamond in the rough, my friends. Buried mm-hmm. treasure. Oh boy. I pulled this out of a dollar box. And it's the first part of my Keith Giffen Orama. The second of which will be my In Your Travels. But I pulled the Supreme Annual, number oh, one, yeah. from May 1995. And get this when you hear the list of creators on this, you're going to be like, oh my God, it's a Legion reunion. Plot and Pencils by Keith Giffen. Script by Tom and Mary Beerbaum. Inks by Charlie Adlard. Wow. It's a young Charlie Adlard. So Keith indicated things that he want embellished uh, loosely in some spots. And Charlie went in and did the best he could, but it's a young Charlie Adlard. So you could tell where Keith wasn't very specific with the pencils because Charlie had to, you know, delineate something so he relied on his skill and at the time he wasn't the charlie adlard that we know so i'm not saying it looks bad but there are sections where you could tell that keith pulled back a little bit and let charlie just right. take over um it's still very good looking uh color art by ron rife and donald skinner letters david by the great john workman Damn, oh yeah there you go so this story takes place 
after World War II and before Supreme returned to Earth in the 1990s, you know the story of Supreme, right? After World War II, he's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. Yeah. Go, he goes, like Superman, uh, goes planet hopping and then eventually comes back to Earth. So this Supreme is tooling around in space. And he's, he's in the Osiris Row system. And he comes upon this planet. And it's being ripped apart by this massive mining ship in orbit. It's just tearing the planet to shreds. So he's familiar with this planet. And he descends to the surface, he's looking around, and he's assessing the damage. And he, he, he finds the place populated by sentient crystal life forms. And they're pleading with him to help them. They're like, please help. Uh, he doesn't believe that the primitive life is worth saving. But in typical Supreme fashion, he recalls a line of scripture that convinces him otherwise. And as much as ye have done it to the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it to me. See, Supreme justifies a lot of his actions, good and bad, by scripture. He's devout. He's a believer. He's a fanatical Christian. And he frequently spouts scripture. It's, it's, he uses his religious ideology as a means to erase any wrongdoing <laughs> he may do. Because Supreme is very heavy handed, right? Uh, to make matters even worse, Supreme has a God complex. So he sees an affront to God and as a affront to himself, right? So he obliterates this, this mining machine. Rah, just goes in and tears it all up. But his actions are recorded. And they're transmitted back to the complex's owner, a noble named Chi, uh, who has experienced a recent string of losses and setbacks. Like, it, nothing's going right for this guy. He's bleeding money. He's pissed. So he uh, contracts the services of an uber-powered hitman, a man named Vergessen. And this guy can don a seemingly endless variety of massively powerful guises like just like changing clothes like he'll he'll assume um let's just say he'll shift into like a daxamite where he can conquer basically anything and then he can segue into another like a creature like he can shape shift but he's he also gains the powers of whatever he shifts into right it, so um vergessen hates supreme why? Why does Vergessen hate Supreme? He gets the contract and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do this for free. And she's like, what? He's like, no, this is on the house because I hate this motherfucker. We have history. Vergessen is a Nazi. Yep. Uh, Supreme killed him. Or he thought he killed him at the end of World War II. But for whatever undisclosed reason, Supreme's point-blank optic blast failed to kill him. So for the remainder of the issue, we don't only have a war of the Ubermensch, we have a war of ideologies. You have Supreme fighting for what he believes to be God's will, and Vergessen for the, na the Nazi ideals of genetic purity and superiority. Like, both characters are very symbol, uh, similar in that they're both fanatics, they both end hundreds of innocent lives in this issue just in pursuit of their goals, right? It's amazing. It's a really tight, done-in-one, 
story with a lot of meat on the bone. Like you get these two two characters, stupidly powerful characters who believe in something. They 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 relinquish their actions to these ideals, and they're both basically the same character. I mean, one of them is a Nazi. But but he has things for which he fights, and Supreme is a is a devout Christian, and I mean they're both addled, right? They're not right in the head, either one of them. But it's a very scathing commentary on the dangers of unbridled fanaticism, with a very very cool and clever plot twist at the end. Um, Vergessen keeps shifting, right? Because Supreme gets the beat on him, and they're 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 beating the crap out of each other. And Vergessen takes a form, and Supreme finds a way around it. Um, he keeps shifting power sets, and at one point he assumes this this character that can um, read minds, right? And he reads Supreme's mind, and he he says, "I'm going to transform into the one thing Supreme believes can kill him." And so he transforms, and it's Vergessen's undoing because Supreme doesn't believe anything can kill him. So Vergessen actually transforms into nothing and kills himself. It's cool. It's a really cool ending. And it's, it was that a dollar. It is. It was a dollar. Yeah. A freaking dollar. And you get mm-hmm. Keith, Keith Giffen art, Charlie Adlard, but there's a backup story in this. A World War II backup story featuring Supreme and the Allies. And the allies in this case are Glory, Die Hard, and Super Patriot before he got all fucked up. The story's written by Len Wein. Len Wein! And Keith Giffen in the same image issue. What the hell's happening? Pencils by Shannon Denton, inks by Norm Rapmond, and color by Ron Reif. And it's a very simple story. This allies ask Supreme to help them clean out uh, a Nazi infested area of France, and Supreme goes totally off the rails. He takes two giant bombs off a, a Nazi plane and bombs the place, killing all the Germans and all the innocent French people as well. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. And he's like, I've done God's will. <laughs> okay, buddy. So, uh, yeah, Supreme Annual number one. I was I freaking had a great time with this. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little jump in the way back. And get this. You're going to now talk about gobsmacked. I actually own a page of original art from this issue. That is nuts. That's it's, it's why I bought it. I was like, oh, oh shit, I have a page from this. I don't even have the issue. I'm going to buy it and read it and love it. And, and I, have, I have a page. Yeah. It's so weird that you have these random pieces of art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's one uh, part in, the, in the, the main story where Vergessen takes the form of those crystals that were pleading for um, Supreme to help them, but a genetically evolved version of the crystals. And he's like, oh, since all the crystals are dead, would you kill an endangered species? He's like, such a prick. (laughs) And the the answer is yes. But it wasn't Supreme's doing that, that eliminated this guy. It was his own undoing, which I think is very poetic. Yeah, it's a great issue. Nice. Look at you. I I'm love the higher here. I love the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. You do. You really do. It's a good thing. Yeah. How could you go wrong for a dollar? Especially Keith Giffen. Yeah, I mean, it's, hard. It, it's hard, hard to go wrong. 
and such an unlikely pairing with with, with Adlard on the finishes. It's it's, it's strange. There there are certain f- flourishes of Adlard's ink uh, work where it looks like Walking Dead in space. Like you, you'll see Vergessen's face, and it's like, wait a minute, that's not entirely Giffen. That looks like something out of Walking Dead. Um, so you could tell he was he was he was getting there. He wasn't capital C, capital A. He was just plain old Charlie Adlard then. Yeah, learning yeah. the learning mm-hmm. the ropes, but the still still very accomplished. Right, right. Uh, well, speaking of analogs, uh, I since the uh, limited series finished, I went and um, reread the first couple of issues, and then just sat down and consumed the remaining issues of superman lost and this is this is absolutely not what i expected i i reading the first issue and and then which was exciting and then the second issue where that's where the story really kind of takes off but after that like anything that i thought like I, i really thought when 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 the project was announced and just reading the first issue um that basically the these 10 issues are kind of or after the first issue the rest of the story was basically superman trying to get back home to earth um and if you think that that's what it was going to be uh we're all all mistaken um this these 10 issues written by christopher priest the artist, the art team on the majority of the issue of, of the series and drew drew full issues for most of it, but then based on how the story the, the events were broken down, um Carlo Pagulian and Jason Paz may not have they they're in every issue. They just didn't draw every issue towards the end of the series. Um you have uh you have some pages by Lee Weeks, uh Will Conrad. And and if, if Will Conrad is probably the weakest of the artists involved, his his pages still look really good. Everything is complimentary. Even even the weak stuff, which is it which is way different than Carlo's work, but still fits with the story Priest is telling. Uh Dan Jurgens and Brett Breeding Vince. Ooh. Uh Jose Luis. And inks by Joe Prado, Julio Ferreira, and uh, Jonas Trinidade. Jeremy Cox is your colorist for pretty much the entire series, except for the Lee Weeks parts, and that's uh, by Elizabeth Breitweiser. Um, this is—it's crazy, and I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm, because it's Priest, and because he likes to play with time and and uh with with flashbacks that may not necessarily appear as flashbacks uh you you really kind of have to follow along he's sometimes you know we 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 know christopher priest can be clever sometimes he can be a little bit too clever but this worked within the confines of 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 these these 10 issues uh it's a time travel story it's a space story adam strange appears and he even kind of let's the reader know that space travel is time travel, so nothing's really 
all that linear and 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 superman may think he's just gonna be right back but actually maybe not um when after the first issue um where there's there's a a, a global threatening crisis the justice league act on it uh superman is trying to superman's really the only one who can kind of save the day uh gets wrapped up in wonder woman's golden lasso uh and and he basically that that's going to be the tether to keep him uh so they can bring him back as, as as he gets too far away uh but if um if if he doesn't remove himself from the lasso uh it's it's going to be catastrophic so he has to kind of just let himself go and and he just figures fuck it i'll i'll make it home uh but it it really doesn't go as planned and, and he gets picked up by um by a a group of um of aliens called the uh contract the contractatio it, it's i i love it when priest comes up with 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 species but uh they um they're kind of crude in 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 their language but they're able to decipher what uh what, what what superman is saying and they think they're dropping him back off on earth what actually they're not it's a planet that does look an awful lot like earth but um the atmosphere isn't really breathable there's uh there's a class system in place where you have the people who are still living on the outside of the planet that are living on the surface there. It's a democracy. They choose to live like this. This is where they want to stay. Whereas uh, the, the progressive people, the, the, the technologically advanced portion of, um, of the population are underground. And there is a, uh, there's there's somebody who um th- there's this great wall almost looks like the 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 wall from from game of thrones uh and superman makes his way over this wall and there's like these vast it, it's, it's just nothing but green and, and it looks like farmland and and it's lush and it's filled with life and um and this 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 the person appears out of this elevator that comes up out of the ground and he calls himself victor and and Cal says, well, that, that, that's a common name on, on my plane. He's like, no, no, that, that's not my name. That, that's basically what I am. That's his title. He's the victor. Uh, and, and he basically says, you know, we don't want you here. So we're going to give you everything you need to get home. Uh, we'll, we'll give you a suit that can survive, that help you would survive in space. Um, they give him an oxygen tank. They give him this little, um, computer device he calls the uh the marquee and that's that's kind of um that's gonna help him get home even though nobody on this planet or the little computer uh knows where earth is they're just gonna kind of wing it and and uh superman's gonna go and on his way but he um he finds these space dolphins that lobo has told him about in the past and he figures okay great this is i figure this will get me home like i'll just like Lobo's talked about him, at least maybe they'll get me in the vicinity. Something will look familiar to me, and I'll 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 be somewhere maybe within my solar system, and who knows? But uh, something comes up where he kind of gets sidetracked. There's a bit of a detour. Uh, loses the 
<laughs> basically loses his supplies and figures, fuck it, I gotta go back to where I came from, um, which is uh, Arcasian. This is where is, is basically the planet is what what we've we've deemed is what we've named it. Um, so he he goes back and he's he's there for years and he's kind of and and in this um, on the other side of the wall where where everything where it's full of life. He basically kind of set up his own little little home. Basically, kind of just looks like his home in Smallville uh, where, where the Kents live. And he's uh, he's kind of just set up shop there, and and um, and there is there's a a young young man whose name is uh, Jemmy, who and he but he pronounces it like Jimmy, and uh, he's he becomes friendly with Clark. Uh, he kind of stays on the farm with Clark, and he basically Clark's just like this is. I'll, I'll I'll get myself home. I'll find a way home. But for now, like this is, I'll I'll do what I can to help the people here. You have the people on the outside, and and maybe we can have everybody maybe come to an agreement. And and he's, but nothing really changes in all the time that that, that Clark is here. And then all of a sudden, a Green Lantern appears. Not a Green Lantern we've ever seen before. Um, her name basically translates to hope, and uh, and and attractive alien and uh she she she's been lost she she ended up with the ring because the previous ring wielder perished and didn't tell her anything before he died and and i guess the ring isn't too forthcoming with with information but it's also an older generation of it's not a ring of of the current era um which we find out as the story progresses because it's still, um, it doesn't have the, um, it's got the impurity, so it's not impervious to yellow. So it, it, it's, that will play a part, but, um, she's happy that she is with people who are, are kind and considerate and, um, seem to be satisfied with what they have. But Jemmy finds out while Clark is out that, uh, that he he he's figured out a way for Clark to get home, and Hope ain't having it, and in a fit of rage kills Jemmy, and she um she never she never confesses, and and uh, basically she's like you know he just he left he went back to his people when Clark returns, and and Clark never really kind of kind of buys it, but he's like okay I guess so, and um. And while, while while we're seeing Clark on this planet, the story is also with Clark back home because he he does eventually make his way home, but because he's been gone for so long, he, he's having a serious serious trouble adapting, readapting, or, or or trying to just acclimate himself back to to being on Earth, the woman he loves, land of the living, and it, it, it's just it's it's not. There's a lot going on, and while this is happening, Lois is is almost at wit's end, not knowing what to do to to, to help her husband, to save her husband. Um, Lex Luthor gets involved, and Lex actually um, it appears as though Lex gives Lois cancer, 
and he 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 figures this is a way he can manipulate the situation where uh either Lois will have to tell her husband that uh that that she's sick. Uh if she does and he asks how it happened or why and it gets back that Lex was involved, will that send Superman over the deep end? Uh, so, so Lex is trying to do his thing, and, he, and these are basically the pages that uh, that that, that Jurgens and, and Breeding are working on. And it's it's extremely uh, it it's, it it goes to a dark place because we also see Superman as well. We 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 see Clark as. Um, not as Clark, but basically, it's it's Superman dressed casually with, with 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 a ball cap pulled down over his face. He is in a doctor's office. The doctor he's seeing is isn't isn't really a psychiatrist or psychologist, but Supergirl Kara sees this person on a, on a consistent basis. She had canceled her appointment that day, and when. Um, Michael Schwartz, the, the the doctor, when he goes into the room, he sees this man standing in his office, um, saying that he has an appointment, so this guy's got to leave. And 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 Clark is basically like, "I know you don't have an appointment. I know the person canceled it. Um, my cousin is the one who normally sees you. I have to talk to somebody because right now, Clark is seriously feeling like." He wants to, he has to kill Lex. Lex put my wife in danger. I have to make this right, or I have to at least make him pay. And so Superman's talking through some shit. And it's just, it's it's so, this works because it's not a straightforward story. It, it couldn't be told in, in a linear fashion. Um, there is just, there's, the way, the way it all concludes, the way it all comes together and, and, and just how it, it, it wraps up. It's, I had to, I had to reread the last issue more than once, just because I wanted to make sure that this made sense. Um, scientifically, but just that it, it, it followed the, the threads from from the beginning and and it pretty much does it it's it's just it it's a beautiful looking series the uh, the 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 pages are 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 stunning he draws a fantastic wonder woman he, he draws a great superman um i think caleb said that uh, this was a this justice league story was a better justice league story than when priest actually had a run on Justice League a few years ago, and 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 I'm I'm pretty much going to agree with him. Um, I just I I was I was completely blown away with it because, like I said, after the first couple of issues, I figured, okay, I know where this is going, but but just when you sit down and and you read it from start to finish, it it's it's a hell of a ride. It is just, I mean, how how it plays out is just it it absolutely makes sense i i could see some maybe thinking it's a bit of a cop-out but it it the it, it really it kind of only has to be resolved this way there's no it, you couldn't 
the way the way the story was playing out, if if it had just if the Superman that was if if if, if that Clark that was on occasion and and was um was in space and was there for years while Lois and the rest of the Justice League are on Earth and in the pre- it just it like at, when Adam Strange shows up and then you talk about the the Zeta Beam and it's just it absolutely Priest knew what he was doing. He 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 knows the science of the DC universe to a degree and, and he absolutely played it up for all it's worth. It was this these ten issues are they're strong. I'm not I, I I'm not gonna say that it it's it's one of my five best Superman stories, but it is it, it is a really, really good Superman tale. And and it's just it it hits all the notes. It even though it appears that Superman may slip or or, or can uh act a little bit more human or react the way a human would to certain situations, it it fits and, and it all it absolutely all makes sense. I, uh, I, I, I definitely recommend it. I hope um, we get a hardcover of this because I will definitely have it on the shelf. It, it's a, um, the covers have all been amazing too. Uh, at, at least the standard covers that I've, that I've seen the, um, but no, it, it was absolutely, it was stellar. I, I really, really, enjoyed it it is it's it's one of the best Superman stories i've read um and it's i've i've read a few but this this is really really good and it's it's not it's it's really not a story that probably i'm not gonna say it's a timeless tale or 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 this could fit in any any era it it's it it's really a um well i just it, it fits it just it works the way the way it's presented it, it it how it all plays out um i am uh i'm 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 really glad really glad priest got to uh got to tell this story and the addition of the extra artist didn't uh didn't bog it down at all didn't detract didn't make you uh think like um like this just doesn't work or it felt like a completely different story after it looked a certain way for so many issues it it it's it's just it's a good time. I, I, I definitely think if um, if you can get it, you can get your hands on it in any any form, whether it's the ten issues, whether it's a collection when it comes out. Um, if if uh, if you're a Superman fan, and, and I I do think if, if it will, this isn't Superman for all seasons. The, the, this isn't the first Man of Steel stories by by Byrne. This is the, this is kind of for Superman fans. I wouldn't necessarily give this to somebody who's just you know. Who may have seen the Man of Steel and say, like, "Oh, I want to read a Superman story." Well, this is your no. It, it, this is this is maybe an intermediate Superman fan story. After, after you've read the character for a few years, then maybe get around to this. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't give this to somebody who's just dipping their toe. But it, it's it's a really really strong Superman story. For the college students out there, he's saying it's like Superman two hundred one instead of Superman one hundred one. There you go. That's right. There you have it. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. Remember, you buy graphic novels, you buy OGNs and omnibus editions and and trade paperbacks and manga, and you don't want to pay a lot. 
go to CheapGraphicNovels.com because they have everything you want at the price you want to pay. Order something. Receive the confirmation email. Reply to the confirmation email saying 11 o'clock comics sent me and Max will give you free shipping on your next order. It's like Christmas every time. He's a mensch. He is. He is. And remember, please check out our Patreon page, newly retooled Patreon. Uh, We have two tiers. Uh, You can tip us. That's cool. Thank you very much. Or you can, for $5 a month, you can get a bonus episode that nobody else hears. For $10 a month, you get the bonus episode and access to the Slack. 24-7 images, audios, downloads of classic fanzines, pages, camaraderie. Where else are you going to get that? It's a (laughs) wonderful community. Yes, friendship. It's a wonderful community. Uh, So go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and check it out. We would love to have you in the family. In your Mm -hmm. travels, keep searching them cheapy bins. Because Mm -hmm. my friend David gave me three issues of a nice little mini-series that I loved so much. And this is the second part of the Giffen-O-Rama because it was written and drawn by Keith Giffen. The dialogue was by Alan Grant. Now, you put Giffen and Alan Grant together, and what do you get? You get Lobo, but this is not Lobo. (laughs) Color art by Clydeen Nee. It is Images of Shadowhawk, number one to three. It's a three-issue miniseries where Shadowhawk, the backbreaker, goes up against Gideon Trencher. Yes, it's Trencher versus Shadowhawk. What? Um, There's a mob boss. Carmine the Blowhole Oliver, who's going to turn state's evidence. A lot of people don't want him to do that, including uh, Shadowhawk. Shadowhawk was originally the dude that broke this guy's back, landing him in the hospital. But Shadowhawk thinks, huh, my boss turned state's evidence. He's going to take a lot of scum off the streets. Maybe I should protect this guy. Well, Trencher wants to reclaim or repossess this mob boss soul. That's what Trencher does. He repossesses um, souls. So it's the war of Shadowhawk against Trencher, and it's not in the classic Marvel format where the two anti-heroes meet, beat the shit out of each other, and decide to team up. No. These two characters go at it for all three issues. And it's done in Giffen's uh, Linea Claire, that clear line style that he... uh, employed on the original original trencher miniseries that chaotic linear style where it's all over the place very little blacks oh this thing is gorgeous it's beautiful and it's all carnage shadowhawk breaks trencher's back at one point and trencher's pretty much unkillable he can regenerate and 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 such and he breaks his back and trencher just like kind of gets up and shadowhawk's like what the hell (laughs) so if you're in the dollar bins check it out find it buy it it's worth every penny of whatever you're going to pay for it images of shadowhawk it's great (laughs) so stupid phoebe keeps telling trencher that you know maybe you have a you've been somebody cast a bad luck spell on you because everything happens to you and he's like you know phoebe is right the the voice in in uh, trencher's head that tells Mm. him you know where to be and what to do and all that stuff uh which may be an implant or maybe trencher's just fucking crazy like who knows but it's so much fun yeah so thank you david 
I was giddy when I saw it. When I found that and that, uh, at the rift in the back issue bins, I was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is coming home. And then once, uh, once, once I knew that you didn't have them, then, uh, I knew where they were going. Yeah. Who doesn't love Shadowhawk? Seriously. No friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he travels. Um, the, uh, the second arc has begun with the sixth issue of World Tree, and uh, the story starts with the uh, with a flashback to 1999, where we see the characters that uh, we were introduced to, older versions in the first arc. Um, we see them from about uh, 25 years or so ago, um, and then the story that that kicks off. The, the few pages that kick off this issue, we then jump ahead to uh, to 2024, where some of those same characters that were in it, uh, that that kind of uh, that intro, that prologue, um, are sitting around a table having a conversation about the fate of the world, and uh, th- there there's quite a bit of talking in in this issue more than uh, more than the previous issues. We were introduced to another character. Um, who I kind of want to be a fan of. So we'll see if, if, if he's on the up and up, if, if his introduction to, uh, to our, um, to our agent is, uh, is on the level. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, there's things are still going a little crazy in, in this world. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's still, we're getting more of it, and I, I cannot wait to see um, how it continues and or, or how the progression goes and, and, and where we end up. It's still written by James Dean IV and uh, art by Fernando Blanco with colors by Jordi Belair. I, I read it as well. I think the thing, now that we're six issues into this book, though, I, like... I think for it to be what I'm going to want it to have been, it needs to start amping up the, the atrocities because, Oh, for sure. We got a lot of talk of how, like if this thing gets out, like the world's going to end, but like we haven't seen much of it. And, and I keep comparing it now to like crossed, which just was absolutely unapologetically over the top. And I realize this book isn't probably going to go there, but if you're telling me that this thing is like, the thing that's going to put our world into this, you know, homicidal dystopian nightmarish reality. Like I, I need this, like they started off strong with that, with the first issue with kid, you know, like when he, mm-hmm. the, the kids off and all those people and you're like, Oh shit. But we haven't gotten much since then. Like there's been some death, but there hasn't been like anything that I would consider the scale with which there's, they're obviously mobilizing all of these resources to stop. So I, I now I mean, Don is a great writer. So I, I'm, I'm assuming he's just it's a slow build, and I'm fine with that. Like as long as we get there, I'm fine with it. But, but I think you know six issues now. I'd like to start feeling like by the end of this second arc, we're getting there. I don't disagree. I, I I'd like to think we we are going to get there because we are mm-hmm. getting introduced. I'm hoping this 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 new arc isn't like a a a redo of the first arc, just in different clothing with other characters. I mean, we're we're getting. We're being introduced to new characters that are still within this family, but um, we can maybe 
speed things up a bit. And and maybe we had to get through sitting around a table and and having discussions to get to where you and I, Jason, wanted to get, but don't want it to be. But um, you know, it's still it's it's still for me it's it, it's an enjoyable read it still looks good but yeah i i oh for sure I do i do want to um i i don't want to don't tell me where we're going you know definitely show me but i i'm okay like you with the slow build but yeah i i, I would like to get um i would like to see where where it's all leading to nice um i have a weird new travels um like I wasn't planning on reading this, like I didn't even know it existed, honestly. And then we were, I was looking at the stuff that came out, and I just happened to catch the, the creative team on it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what? I'm like, okay. I'm like, now you have my attention. And what I'm talking about is, you know, Marvel puts out a ton of Star Wars comics, and none of us read them with any regularity. <laughs> so, so I, if you're listening to the show, we don't, you don't hear us talk about it because we don't read them. But I've heard from people that do that, like a lot of them are very good. So it's, it's I'm not like I'm not reading them because I think they're bad. It's not like a bad license. Like I just don't have the time to squeeze it in. It seems like I don't make priority. But that said, <clears throat> uh, Star Wars Thrawn Alliances just came out, number one. And what piqued my interest is that Timothy Zahn is on the cover as a as a writer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, what? So, yeah. Now, again, maybe this is all well known, but maybe because I don't pay attention to the Star Wars comics, I didn't see this. I don't even remember the solicit being made a big deal about it. But uh, this is is a series where uh, Timothy Zahn and Jody Hauser are the writers with Pat Olaf and Andrea DeVito as the artists and Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. And yeah, and it's set in the it's set in the uh, the uh, like the the late prequels era where um the Emperor and, and Darth are still doing their thing, and Anakin's a you know grown ass grown ass Jedi hasn't turned to the dark. So it's like there's like some flashbacks, like it's it's that era covers that that era between like the, the transition from from Anakin becoming like young adult at, at Jedi Anakin to to obviously Darth Vader. Um, you know, spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but nah, dude, it was real good, man. The art looked good. Olaf looked tight and right. Like I don't know how old he is now, but he looked good. Um, you know, it's it's like for me, licensed comics, they have to my ideal licensed comic work is when the characters are drawn close enough to the actors that you you feel like it's the characters, you know, but not quite enough where you feel like it was rendered from, you know, like photograph. Right. And I think that that both artists, DeVito and, and Olaf do a great job with that. <clears throat> and, you know, Thrawn is a fantastic character. And for those that don't know, the young bucks out there listening uh, Timothy's on is the, really the creator and father of, of Thrawn among many other awesome characters in his, in his novels. And um, so needless to say, I mean, the voice here, you know, all the voices are spot on. I mean, Zon's written more pages of star Wars than probably any person alive. So yeah, it's real fun, real fun, man. And and I don't think it's going to get me to just start reading a bunch of star Wars comics all of a sudden. Um, but I'm here for this little, this little side pocket, at least until Zon is, is, Involved. I assume this is a miniseries. I, I I know so little about it. I don't even know like if it's a miniseries or what have you. But I'm assuming it is right because Timothy is on being in it. But um, but yeah, pretty, pretty neat little fun surprise that I just wasn't even expecting. 
I curate the Star Wars stuff. If I open the cover and the art doesn't thrill me, I won't read it. But I didn't know Olaf was on this. This is one yeah. I, ha- I hadn't seen. So mm-hmm. I will, I'll look at it. Like the last Star Wars I read was the Vader, black, white, and red, which was, okay. um, which was amazing mm-hmm. because of Daniel Warren Johnson and others. But I thought that was a really tight, well-presented, visually arresting series. But I can't right. say that about all Marvel Star Wars stuff. Sure. Like sure. there's a lot of, a lot of them look like tryout books to me. Yeah, yeah. And since I'm all pro-Marvel this episode, I'm not going to retort with what I wanted to retort, which is that a lot of Marvel, it's not limited to the Star Wars books. but uh, <laughs> Right, but, but you don't have yeah. to tarnish it. Let's just keep it in mind. Yeah, no, it's all about love. It's all about love. I'm back in love with the House of Ideas. Let's go. All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being <laughs> here with us one more time. We hope you come back next time in less than a week. Remember, you're getting this twice a week. So we'll be back in your ear holes toot sweet. Not only that, they're getting two episodes next week because we have our book of the month. No, well, they're the, not. The, the, they're not no, getting. No, the patrons. The patrons. Yes, there you go. The right, patrons. The first, the first patron bonus episode will be. Right. We are. I mean, we are recording two episodes for next week. But yes, the patrons are getting that book of the month episode. See, that's crazy. Patrons get three episodes in a week. I think that's too much of a good thing. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you be the judge of that. Uh, so go to your local comic shop, buy some stuff, talk about them online, maybe our Facebook page or, you know, on the socials. Or better yet, join the Slack and talk about it there with a bunch of like-minded people that just go crazy, ape shit for this stuff. Say goodnight. I can't even whistle. <laughs> David. Good night. Pop it, pop Screw it up. Screw it up. Scat, scat, scat. Scatman Crothers, screw it up, David. Screw it up. David. We're out of here. Tell them you love them so much. Oh, man, I love y'all mad much. Madly. Madly. Unyieldingly. That's it for that one. <laughs>